The Boldly Now Show, burning desire, big ideas, bold action. Welcome to The Boldly Now Show. My name is Doug Fisher, and we have a great, great opportunity here with a great privilege here with Megan French Dunbar. So uh, Megan is a recovering entrepreneur. (laughs) (laughs) She founded and ran Conscious Company Media uh, and the magazine. And and, uh, if I read correctly your bio, Megan, that that when you started, you had no background in publishing. Was that correct? I had five months publishing (laughs) experience when I decided to start a publishing empire. There you go. There you go. (laughs) And also founded a group called World Changing Women, which really looks to support uh, women entrepreneurs in in all that's dealt with in that. And, and Megan, here's the thing I'm most left with from just you know getting to know you a little bit and, and reading about you is is your dedication to uh, entrepreneurs, but particularly women entrepreneurs, feeling connected like they're not on their own. And um, can you say a little bit about that? Like what, what, first off, did I get that right? Yes. Great. And what, what drew you to that? What's, what's, what's the meaningfulness of that for you? Yeah, I I would say, I mean, as, as we often do, our own life experience dictates a lot of where we head. Um, I, I started Conscious Company Media and Conscious Company Magazine when I was 29. I had this vision that I wanted to redefine success in business and service of all life. I wanted to reorient the way that we thought about what makes, makes a success, successful business to be not just the pursuit of profits, but the pursuit of purpose and profits to actually uh, see successful businesses as the ones that do the most good for the world. Um, and then as that journey unfolded, I realized that I I was a female entrepreneur. I was raising money. I was doing all the hard things that lots of female entrepreneurs have to go through. And it was a very lonely, isolating journey. And, um, as I would kind of talk, you know, at, you know, gravitate at conferences, I'd meet other young female entrepreneurs and we all end up talking about the same thing about just how hard it felt. Um, and so I decided I just had this insane, like lightning bolt, idea one night where like it was like downloaded to me I was like it's called world changing women here's the whole thing I like sketched out the whole platform I stayed up till three o'clock in the morning writing all this stuff down and in 2018 we launched the world changing women's summit and brought started bringing together hundreds of female founders female entrepreneurs um with the common denominator being that everyone was purpose-driven and so had some semblance of wanting to do good with their business and so um, not surprisingly, as we brought all of those women together in the same room, found a lot of common connections, common experiences. Um, and as it, it became addicting for me that just helping people who are struggling to not struggle as much while they're trying to do good things in the world all of a sudden became my purpose and something that I got really fired up about. That's great. You know, you said, you said a word there that, you know, like how it became addicting for you, right? And, uh, you know, I think that's the case when we, like the things that are most aligned with our purpose, it is like an addiction in yes. a way. And, and uh, I'm curious about like when there's, I do want to hear more about what you, you, what you see in general as a role of purpose, et cetera. Maybe start there is 
you know, why purpose? What's so, what do you see is so important about that? Yeah. And I, and I think there's kind of two folds to purpose and, and kind of depending on how you approach it. For me, we had an organizational purpose, which was we had codified this as to redefine success in business and service of all life. Um, but that also meshed really well with my personal purpose, um, which was, uh, yeah, at the time, something along the lines of being a force of love in the world. I, I really felt like that's what I was here to do. I felt like I was here to help businesses be more loving and not in like some very woo-woo way. Like I, I meant it in a way of like, we need this work as the place where we spend the majority of our waking hours as adults. How can we make those places that are maybe not not even just less harmful, but how can we make them places of healing, places of inspiration, places where people want to be that are doing good things in the world that felt like my what I was supposed to do. And as you ask about the importance of purpose, when am I allowed to cuss? Sure. <laughs> well, well, when, when stuff hits the fan, uh, when the going gets tough, when things get hard, when your back's against the wall, like add any phrase that you want to hear, um, you can fall back on your purpose. And this is what I want. I've watched a lot of folks do, especially as entrepreneurs, like we romanticize entrepreneurship. Everyone thinks it's like this fantastic, easy journey and you have an idea and then you start a business and then you sell over millions of dollars and then you're set for the rest of your life. And the majority of entrepreneurs that I know are really struggling. It's a long, isolating, hard journey. And the ones that I know that really don't give up are the ones that have purpose, who are really clear on what their personal purpose is, what their organizational purpose is. If those two align, it's even better. Um, but it, it's like this fuel that keeps your fire going even on the dimmest of nights, I would say. Um, it's just this, yeah, it's fuel. It's fuel for your life. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. And I, and I love what you say about the, it's it's the ones who have purpose to keep going. Because kind of like what you married to what you said earlier about it being addictive that that it's like you have to (laughs) you know and you know i know for me without that drive you know lots of stuff i would have stopped long ago um and and i want to just explore a little bit uh for your purpose i love what you said about i forget how it's like being a force of love in the world you know having businesses be a force of love in the world and so uh, I think you may know, I, I had like 25 years of corporate consulting, large organizations, et cetera. And, and more and more I got into it. That's it's very similar for me, what I was up to, but I couldn't, didn't feel like I could use that word in the, in like, yeah. you know, a fortune 100 company, right? <laughs> God forbid. <laughs> I got, although I did get to the point, I did get to the point of being able to say, listen, you're not going to really do anything unless you're passionate about it. So you really love doing it, you know? So I got to that point about it, but I didn't get much beyond that. But um, I'm curious, like, and it sounds like from what you said, so, so this, uh, you didn't say this explicitly, but it sounds like what you saw as your purpose evolved over time. Is that the case? Yeah. Yeah. I would say my, my personal purpose of kind of being this force of love that hasn't necessarily evolved the organizational purposes have, um, the vehicle through which I express that has changed. Um, so initially it was, you know, I'm going to change 
the entire paradigm of the way society views business. Um, and, and I laugh because it was this very grandiose idea and it's wonderful. And I'm really happy that at that time in my life, I thought that I could do that as a 29 year old. Um, but then it, that kind of me being a force of love shifted to helping people who were having a really hard time trying to do good with business. Um, and so I, I just fell in love with female entrepreneurs and helping women and, uh, you know, pretty much in every statistic that you can count women, have a harder time building businesses than men. And I all of a sudden realized I was in this insane position where I could actually help. And if I, that, that felt like another expression of my own personal purpose to be a force of love. Yeah. Wonderful. Wonderful. You know, I'm curious when, you know, obviously I'm a white male, so there's a lot of stuff I don't have to deal with, you know, um, it, it, when you look at women, I'm, cu- I'm actually curious to see if, if, cause in terms of the difficulties, are there structural things? And I have talked to many women about this from both from, from entrepreneurs, you know, women who have their own businesses, as well as, for example, a woman who's a controller at a Fortune 50 company, you, you know, and what, what they have to deal with in, in business. And I'm curious if, if uh, are there any structural things you see in terms of general, and it may be, local to the U S or whatever, but are there any structural things you see that make it more difficult for women? Mm. Yeah. And, and I should also name kind of the, the lens through which my privilege is expressed is that I am a um, heterosexual cisgendered white woman. And so, you know, I, of, of the women, I have it, uh, right. I have the most privileged um, and the, I mean, structural barriers that I've seen are kind of immense. I think, especially in the United States, the issues with not having parental leave um, and are the ways that we look at parental roles in society. I think we were watching, I feel like I saw a statistic this year that over 800,000 women have had to leave the workforce as a result of COVID-19 because someone has to stay home to take care of the kids when the kids aren't in school and almost always falls on the mom. Um, but then also just like funding mechanisms. Um, I think the the structures that we have around what we accept, the story that we accept about how work is supposed to be, that it's supposed to be 40 hours a week or more, that it's supposed to be nine to five, that we have these rigid time structures. And I think that COVID-19 has actually kind of helped us be a little bit more flexible and be like, holy crap, we don't actually have to go to an office and maybe it works that you can work when you need to work, you know, and allowing for people to be able to leave, to go take care of whatever they need to take care of when they're at work. Um, But I, I think that kind of narrative, the nine to five, 40 hours a week structure has been particularly harmful to women for myriad ways beyond just childcare. Um, So I could, I could go on and on about this, but I'll stop there and happy to go on more if you want. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I know like, for example, my mother, when my parents got divorced, she had a hard time getting a home loan at the time, you know, but you know, that that banks just didn't loan to single women, you know, and may not be quite that bad now, but I'm sure it may, there may still be vestiges of that. 
Yeah. And I don't know, I, this is like one of those um, unsubstantiated yet. I just saw it yesterday and it made me want to rip my hair out things. Um, but I don't know the source, so I probably shouldn't repeat it, but I'm going to anyways. But I saw that um, this, this startup Quibi um, raised 1.7 billion and just closed yesterday. And the same statistic in the last year that female founders have raised 1.9 billion. One company raised the amount, same amount as all female founders combined in the last year. Um, and so when we look at funding, I mean, I think that it's less than 3% of venture capital money is still going to female founders. Like we're, and that's, and that, that statistic is even, it's like, it doesn't even register when we're talking about women of color. Um, so, yeah. That's. Well, let me ask you, so what have you seen really, uh, I mean, one is, as you mentioned, with empowering women entrepreneurs, there's the one one thing about just that they're not alone and i think that that's 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 huge so i don't want to diminish that at all because that is huge and that 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 i think enables anything else that can be provided but what else do you see makes a difference for you know when when entrepreneurs you know when they're up against you know a, a deck stacked against them yeah yeah, I mean, it, it is a lot of it is about the connections that you make um, around, you know, there's incredible groups that have been put together specifically that just fund female enterprises, um, CEO, Plum Alley, um, there's great groups like that that have come together and just being put in touch with those types of organizations that are looking to fund female founders. But um, I think one of the best and most helpful things I've ever done. I, I, because I needed it, I started a women's CEO group of young female founders who are running social enterprises. I started it three years ago. I found seven women that I had met at conferences and I said, Hey, is anybody willing to get on the phone with me once a month? And we started this little circle and we've been at it for three years. And to be able to compare, um, term sheets, to be able to compare parental leave policies, to be able to compare like all of the things to make it so you don't have to reinvent the wheel at, with everything that you're trying to do as a founder. Like someone has done it before and getting in touch with other founders and just sharing the resources that you have and the knowledge base that you have on here's how I did it. I don't know. Like, I mean, we had, we've, every single one of us in the CEO group has had a common experience with someone else where we've been able to like, grab a one-off and say like, Hey, can you talk to me about how, like what type of lawyer you use for your acquisition and talk me through your, the acquisition process. And, you know, we've had three of the group women in my group that have been acquired. And so we're able to talk through those things. And so I think it's just finding people who have gone through similar things and then being willing to share everything that, you know, as openly as you can is always really helpful. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. You know, as you're talking, it, it reminds me of, of various studies I've seen that, particularly in developing countries, the thing that makes the biggest difference in terms of the overall health of the country in, in all different, whatever ways they measure it, is empowering the women. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that that's the thing that that is the highest leverage in terms of things like health, ending hunger, you know, improving the economy, et cetera. Um, I'm just starting to, you know, I, I got to tell you, my mind goes, okay, what can we do in the U.S.? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was also, I think, I think in Paul Hawkins' book, Drawdown, that's um, the number one solution that he provides to reversing climate change is yeah. empowering women. Yeah. Educating women. Yeah. 
Well, if, if now back to the uh, notion of tying in the notion of purpose and, and in, um, and entrepreneur, but not purely entrepreneur, because I'm thinking about, cause there, there are maybe people watching who, who are entrepreneurs and starting their own companies and, or, or have been running them for a while. Um, uh, first off as a resource, uh, you know, in terms of the groups, the, the world changing women, is that active? If people could find that, is that an active thing people can participate in? It is. Um, uh, uh, how, do, uh, how would I describe? It is. You can find it uh, on the Internet. I am not sure about the status in 2021. Um, it, yeah. Long story. <laughs> All good. All good. Uh, uh, well, and then, but for, well, going back to the role of purpose, um, what, in terms of, you know, have you worked with people where they're not quite clear about their purpose or they're not quite, you know, like what does it take for someone to actually discover their purpose in a way that it can be the fuel that you mentioned before? Hmm. That's a really good question. Yes, I work with lots of people who don't know their purpose. And uh, the things that I can even encourage people to kind of not identify, but um, explore uh, when it comes to figuring out their own purpose is a worthy cause. Um, so something that like really lights your heart on fire when it comes to actually contributing to the world. And that could be helping female entrepreneurs or, you know, redefining success in business, or it could be like making beautiful art or gorgeous music and contributing. But I feel like there's, there's some element of it that needs to be where you have to be contributing to the world in a positive way. I think that's a really important element of purpose. I think that one, another part of it is really thinking through what a life that you love looks like um that you know i think a lot of the times we we have people who identify a purpose and say like i am ending world hunger and then they give every single ounce of their blood sweat and tears to that and they completely burn themselves out and it turns out that they're actually really miserable underneath it all because they give everything to the cause and so i think it's a it's a it's a balance between identifying ways that you can contribute figuring out what a life that you love looks like and then also what are your skills and what what are what's your zone of genius what are what are the specifically ways that you can contribute to that wonderful worthy cause while building a life that you love and it's like this like little dance between those three sectors going back and forth and just trying to find a place of balance in between those things. Cause if you, you can be really good at something, but it doesn't contribute to the world. Um, and you do that. And most of those people get really bored. Uh, you can just work on building a life that you love, but then if you're not contributing or if you're not using your skill set, then yeah, the, like every single one of them, if you pull out one leg of the bar stool, it kind of flops over. So those are the ways that I kind of help people to explore their own personal purpose. Right. Now the notion of balance. So how, and I'm not claiming I have achieved that, <laughs> but what, what do you see? You know, and it may be more of a practice than a place to arrive, but you know, what would you say about like how to, I don't even know if it's achieved balance or I'm not even sure what verb to use, but how do you 
how do you interact with balance? I guess is the question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like uh, between those three things or between yeah. work and, and life you know, or whatever, whatever, whatever you want to speak to, but I'm thinking like in, in practical terms, cause you know, there, there's the, you know, there's the ideas of, yeah, I want to, I want to have something really that contributes and, you know, have all these ideas. And the notion is, is pretty simple. Right. But, you know, there's a lot, still a lot of studies about that's what, you know, one of the major complaints of people at work, et cetera. And just, you know, anything you've learned about how to interact with balance or when things are out of balance. Yeah. Oh, there's a lot there. (laughs) Um, Yeah, what comes up for me with that question? Um, I I think that so far in my life, I've been really good at being out of balance. Um, And I don't, I don't, um, you know, while I say, hey, here's the way that you can find purpose in your life, I would say that I have tended way toward the I find a way that I can contribute and I give every single ounce of myself to that, to the point of exhaustion and total burnout and depression. And um, so I am currently on a journey of figuring out how to balance those three in a much more concerted way. And so the ways that I've been finding lately that I've been helping myself, um, one has been exploring the stories that I tell myself about my life. And so like, you know, some of this, like I I mentioned, um, as entrepreneurs, you know, if you're an entrepreneur, if you're able to dictate your own schedule, uh, is identity is exploring the story that you tell yourself about how much you have to work. And of course that isn't a transferable point if you work for someone else. Um, but you know, the idea that we have to work nine to five, five days a week, and that we should be working the majority of our waking hours is, um, it's, it's a hard pill to swallow. And especially when you're looking for balance in your life. Um, so I have just recently been exploring, um, I take Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday afternoons off my son and I hang out. Um, so I, I really only kind of work part-time right now. And even though I have aspirations to keep building businesses and writing a book and doing all these things, like I have completely toned down what working hours are for me and, and exploring this kind of what is a life that I love and trying to build in practices of that. Um, I've been going to therapy for the last six weeks and that has been a game changer for me just in terms of being introspective and exploring ways that I am out of balance, even just taking one hour a week to talk to somebody about here's my intended life that I want to do. Here's all the ways I want to contribute. Here's my skills. Here's all the things and I want to keep them in balance and just being able to talk about it. Journaling is a huge one that helps me. Um, and I think one of the things that I've identified over the last year, well, like since COVID started, I've had this year has been insane for so many people. Um, and I'm finding that as we're like getting into month six, month seven, month eight, like a lot of people are starting to just kind of numb themselves out, um, like using various numbing devices just to get through this. And as we head into winter, I 
you know, I keep talking to people who are just like, I'm so scared of like, now that I can't even go outside and you just have to stay in your house and you're left with like a bottle of alcohol and the television and like, oh my God. And the more that you numb yourself out, the less you're able to identify ways that you're out of balance um, has been my experience of this. And so um, I've been really trying to acknowledge, you know, when I'm having a drink through the lens of like, a glass of wine sounds nice right now. I'd love to have a drink with dinner versus I'm drinking right now because I'm really overwhelmed and stressed out and I just want this to be over. Um, and so, and use all of the numbing devices that we have as humans, just kind of trying to figure out how you can pull back a little bit on those and examine your life rather than just like get through your life right now. That was a really long answer with lots and lots of words. <laughs> Yeah, but really, I think really rich, Meg, because, you know, the, the, I mean, here's, here's some of the things I heard what you said. So one is first kind of admitting, okay, I, I am way out of balance. You know, like I, I am, I am off kilter. I'm suffering, you know, cause it's hard, you know, sort of like, so looks like everybody else has it together, at least, at least in my reality, you know, <laughs> yes. a common thing. It always looks like the other people have it together and I'm really not doing too well. So I got to like dance really hard to keep up the pretense that I'm doing good, you know? Um, and I think the, you know, that, and that's one thing for me with the, and, and maybe with you also in, in whatever you've done with in supporting entrepreneurs is that, that I know with the thousands of people I've interacted with over my career, I really haven't found very many people who really have it all together. <laughs> I don't know anyone. Honest to God. Like I, you know, I I I have I have this strange purview where, you know, I put on conferences and I host podcasts and I just run a magazine. And so I often am put in the position where people open up to me. And like when you sit down with almost anyone like the level of suffering going on behind the scenes is just extraordinary and the more public some of these folks are the more they're suffering behind the scenes and I I I mean this year has just been I've been grappling with this myself I had you know I was public speaker and I, I ran events and my podcast and I'm a bright and I'm shiny and I do all the things. Um, and I voluntarily resigned from that role in March of this year and then went right into COVID and all of that was kind of stripped away from me, the external validation of all the bright, shiny things in my life. And I was just kind of left with the internal of wondering like, what's going on here? And it wasn't until I sat down where I was like, I'm not okay. Like, oh, wow. Like once you stop doing the dance um, and you do like, just have to sit down for a minute. My experience this year was like, wow, I have totally burnt myself out. I, this has been um, the second that I actually took a second to breathe. I was like, there's not any part of my internal world that is okay right now. And so that's been the work of this year, which, I mean, I think there's a lot of blessings that are going to come out of all of us having to isolate and be alone and all the things that have happened this year. And that, that has been mine this year has just been, I was forced to rip off all of the external validation and all of my shiny bright objects out here and sit down with myself and was like, Oh, okay. So this year is about, the inner work here and, you know, this year and beyond. Um, but yeah, most people aren't okay when you actually sit down with them. <laughs> At least that's been my experience. 
And it's great what you're sharing because the, um, you know, I, I, on your website, you, you have something that says align your work and your life with authentic purpose, you know, and, and that's the thing that I could hear. Like when you're talking about like you're 29 and, you know, <laughs> handling the world and, and, but I also, by the way, I also think that there is, you know, there, there's in terms of the big vision of things, uh, I do want to hold that, that even small steps might not pay out this year, five, but like, you, you know, you extend it 10, 20, 50 years, the small steps we have do move toward that. So I want, right. I don't want to diminish that in any way, but the, the thing that I hear, and, and I know I've had the experience of it is when I've stopped the dancing, you know, and stopped the pretense, something, and, and it is challenging, as you said, you know, uh, it's allows for, I don't know how, I could say something more authentic, but some, a different experience of purpose in a way, mm-hmm. like a little less external as you're pointing to, and more of a wellspring of something that, you know, it reminds me of, it reminds me of a quote from Mother Teresa that I heard, which is, we can do no great things. We can only do small things with great love. Mm-hmm. and getting to whatever that is it's sort of it it for me that's where i'm able to be okay a little bit more okay with where i'm at you know i don't have to do the i don't have to build the big building or or you know solve world hunger or you know but like what i do if i do with that love then that 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 makes a difference and it gives me a different place than trying to pretend that, you know, I got it all together and everything like that. Oh, that's such an important point. I, and I see, I see so many social entrepreneurs burn out um, because they don't take care of themselves in the pursuit of doing, trying to do a big thing. And then they lose their love for it. And then they just feel like they have to keep going through the motions because they're obligated to keep going. And when you lose the love for it, it it doesn't qualify as being your purpose any longer. It just qualifies as being a a good cause to work toward. But, um, and it's, it's, that has, that was my experience. I, you know, I, I resigned from my role of a company that I founded earlier this year and, in the letter that I wrote to my community when I left, it was a lot of it was about I, lo- I had lost my love for it. I my candle was just like my flame was out, and the, that that was really hard for me to swallow and to accept. And walking away was one of the better things I've ever done um, in terms of just taking care of myself. And I watched so many folks just gut it out when they've lost that love for it, and it's not a fun place to be, nor is it like very productive. Cause once you've lost the love, like your people around you can feel that as well. Yeah. Well, you know, it just goes back to what you said earlier about being a force of love in the world, you know, and I think the, the, and, and I don't know if this, I, I know I've kind of walked this path a little bit and, and something you might be, you'll have to say, but one of the key things for me is is accepting myself, mm-hmm. you know, like, like beginning to allow for that. And then it all, 
something different is available. You know, something different can be expressed. And then my expression isn't about making it in some way or proving anything. It's just a pure expression of that love rather than like trying to get something from it in a way. Literally couldn't have said it better myself and also such a articulation of exactly right where I am in this moment on this day of uh, what I'm really trying to explore as and I say recovering entrepreneur, you know, I'm, I'm most likely an entrepreneur, entrepreneur for life. Uh, I have, it's just, uh, I'm wholly unemployable at this point. I, all I want to do is build 10,000 businesses. It's just insane. And I'm just trying to not do that for a minute right now. And I'm acknowledging that so much of my self-worth is tied up in my achievements. And, um, you know, at the beginning of call and you asked like, how should I introduce you? I was like, I don't like, I'm so used to saying, well, I'm the co-founder and former CEO of Conscious Company Media and the founder of World Changing Women. And I also am the founder of the Firefly. And I, the way that we present ourselves is I founded this and I started this and I did this and look at what I've already achieved. And um, when I take that off, when I stop imagining a future where my decisions are dictated by what I'm going to achieve next, mm. it's been, I feel so untethered. I don't know how to move forward, but what, what I'm hearing you saying and what is just, is really sticking with me right now is, um, to like, let the achievement part go and just come from that place of pure love. Um, that it like the the path will present itself. Yeah, is what I'm hearing. Yeah, it's really great what you're saying, Megan, because I think it's it's sort of a shift from achieving to expressing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's um, you know as you mentioned like the you know what might be the gifts of this COVID era is maybe that shift because and I know this was at, at for for me and Michael Sean and Alex and starting boldly now is 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 that you know what if people were were aware of became aware of their purpose and were able to express that into the world being be in action expressing that into the world it be, the world becomes a different place mm-hmm. and 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 there's also with it is the i don't know how to say it like the whatever person's whatever a person's purpose is whatever their expression is is accepted <laughs> You know, and, and it, wouldn't and it, that be lovely? Yeah, and it seems like that's what's if we're gonna, you know, because circumstance, you know, the current circumstances are not all that great. We're facing a lot of challenges as a, as humanity, and it seems like to turn that around, like like in terms of the 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 significance of the challenges, it's going to take something like that to do that. And and I that's why I think the thing, like the things you said, and, and regardless of whether where you created it from like really ring about the whole thing about like align your work and life with your authentic purpose. There's something in that. And I think the, the, it may be a, it sounds like you're, you're, you're on a, you're on a new level of discovery of what that is for you. But then again, I think that's the, you know, my experience has been the case for decades. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I imagine that I will be doing this until the day I die. Um, I will constantly be re-examining and, um, but yeah, this, this year has been a, a real yeah. just masterclass and, uh, 
when you remove the external validation and you remove achievement from the equation, like what, what is true purpose? Like what is authentic purpose? If you don't have those two things, like what would you continue doing if you don't have those two? And um, that might be a, a seed of where your true purpose lies is, is where, what would you do if there weren't the achievement and the external validation wrapped up in all of it? Yeah. Yeah. It, um, you know, it reminds me of like several things, <laughs> but in, um, so one thing, you know, and you and I talked before where, where I've been in recovery from addiction and, and in, in a, most 12 step programs, the, the, the source of them is Alcoholics Anonymous. Like that's mm-hmm. where they get the, a lot of the material from and, and, uh, talks about how the source of addiction is selfishness like one of the one of the things that the source of addiction is selfishness and that one of the and like the pathway to recovery or the one of the practices that that allows for an ongoing recovery is serving and that's what i hear what you're saying because the serving it's not like you could serve because i know a lot i've done serving like an external thing like okay if i serve i'll 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 be okay (laughs) You know, like yeah. I'll receive the validation, like you're saying, the external validation. But what I've learned is more. It's like no, it's like what it's what we've been talking about. It's like something from the heart, something from the authentic purpose, expressed into serve people. Yes, which is a again, it's the expression versus achievement thing as yeah. well. Yeah, there's a, a really important nuance in what you just said. Yeah. And here, I'll, I got to say, Megan, the thing I'm left with out of, out of what you've shared, you know, I'm really been generous in sharing what you've been going through. I could hear like, like that, the, the purpose of, you know, serving women entrepreneurs or whoever you're out to serve will, will you know, I just feel like a lot can happen out of that, you know, and happen in a way that also serves you. Yes. <laughs> Yes, this is this is something I've talked about in the past. Is um, you know, kind of once you I know your purpose, you can be agnostic about the how. Um, once you know your why, you can be agnostic about the how. And that you know, if if like spreading love and supporting female entrepreneurs is is where I'm feeling a lot of love and want to express that, I can do that in so many different ways. Um, and you don't need to be kind of stuck in one specific box around it. I. Um, this is something that Simon Sinek talked about in a podcast that I, I listened to recently where he was talking about how he had been an advertising guy his entire life and, you know, kind of saw all of his steps forward through the lens of what can I do in advertising? And then he stepped back and said, well, if, you know, if this is my why, what are all the myriad ways that I could express this? Why? Like, how else could I do this? And he was like, maybe I should do a TED talk. And now he has like the third most watched TED talk in human history or something ridiculous like that. And then he was like, well, maybe I could write a book. And he just started thinking of all of the different ways that he could express his why. And because he was expressing his why through that lens of like, this is why I'm here. This is what, this is the message that I want to get out there. Um, You know, he, dabbled in all sorts of different things. And now he's this world famous speaker, author, entrepreneur, all the things that he does. So I've been trying to kind of try that on for size this year, like regardless of the fact that in the past, I've expressed it through all of these, you know, media and events and all these ways that I've done it. 
what are all the myriad ways that I could explore this in the future that would still be in alignment with my purpose, but also help me kind of build this life that I love that I'm interested in as well. That's great. That's great. Um, just as a, just curious, what's, what's one element of the life you love that you're building? I just love to hear one element. Of that. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's a future aspiration. Um, my husband and I have a, a profound desire to live in different countries. Mm-hmm. And um, so what we're doing right now is figuring out a way to set it up so that our family can live um, like seven to eight months in our home here in Boulder, Colorado, um, and then four to five months out of the year, you know, figure it out three to four or five months. Um, we go to a different country where we've always wanted to go. So we have a few on our, um, that we're going to start with. We're, we're wanting to go to Spain first, um, and Argentina. And we, you know, we have this like kind of list that we're going to go through, through the years and take three to four to five to we'll see however many months of each year. And we're going to go live in a different country for a little while. Um, and that is, you know, this year we can't fulfill on that. Um, but we, we really want our kids to be, uh, to see different cultures. We love traveling. We love seeing different things and being around new people and speaking different languages. And it's something that brings me alive in a way that I can't express. Um, and so I brought this idea to him over a year ago and just said, like, would you be willing? And he's like, if let's figure it out, like let, we don't do vacations, let's move to a place for months and every year we explore a new country. So that's part of our life that we love that we're going to do next year. Wow. That's wonderful. And I, you know, just as you're sharing about like the whole richness of it and, and, and I was just left like for me, my imagination was sparked about what that might look like and just wonderful. Right. Yeah. Yeah. My, my husband just, because of COVID, uh, he, his office shut down. Um, and so he all of a sudden is remote. And as soon as that happened, we were like, wait, we could actually do this. Like we could, there's nothing stopping us now. Like, right. Yeah, we could. We, and so uh, again, like the things that are going to come out of this really hard year for folks. Um, but this, you know, that he, he's an attorney, a renewable energy attorney, and they did their entire firm just decided to shut down all of their offices nationwide and have everyone work remotely. So all the partners scattered to all wherever they wanted to live in the world. And that means that we can do the same. So wow. I'm excited. That's great. That's great. Um, I could leave it there, but one one last question because it's okay. so wonderful, so wonderful what you said. But uh, you know, I guess the question is, um, you know, given the journey that you've been on, including what you've been through this year, um, you know, if if someone is embarking on clarifying their purpose and getting, you know, really starting to express that into the world, with the whole journey you've been on. Is there anything like right now that you see is, and there may be more than one thing, but anything you see right now that that you would really want people to know? I think, I think one thing that's been, that's come up and you and I have talked about it um, in this conversation is that your purpose can be malleable. It can change over time. It can, 
Um, I feel like we kind of have this, at least I did, my experience of like finding purpose was that like people had their one true calling and their one true purpose and they were supposed to be the world's best guitar player. And I always felt this sense of like, well, shit, like I don't have that thing. I'm not like, I don't, there's nothing that I'm overly excited about. Like I'm good at some stuff. Like I, I just kind of felt this, I felt totally lost and untethered in my twenties. Um, but the common element that I did was that I followed what I was interested in, Hmm. not what I thought I was supposed to do. Um, and I've always just followed what I'm actually curious and interested in and what I, um, you know, have been fairly passionate about. And for me in my twenties, that ended up being studying, uh, sustainable business. And I went to an alternative business school, I went to Presidio graduate school and study. I got a degree, an MBA with a focus on sustainable management. And I remember having this conversation viscerally with my family. My brother went to Oxford for graduate school, a little bit different than an alternative program. And I remember saying like, I want to go to this alternative program. Like I, I'm not even going to apply to one of the best schools in the country because I, I want to do this. I'm, I'm really interested and I'm really excited about this other thing over here. And that has been the common element throughout my career is that I've just followed what I'm really curious and interested in, not what I thought that I should do. And that also means that my purpose and where I've been going has changed a lot over time. Um, and just this idea that um, your purpose can change your purpose. Mm-hmm can can be flexible it's probably going to change over time and to always keep trying to tap into it and not imagine that like you're going to nail it once and then that's what you have for the rest of your life um it's just it's a journey it's a very long journey and so just keep coming back to what interests you what's exciting how you can contribute what do you feel good about um so those are right yeah my parting thoughts (laughs) What you're saying, I heard what you've said before about what's authentic for you and what you love. <laughs> Very much so. That's great. Well, thank you so much, Megan. I, I, it's uh, really been wonderful speaking with you. And everyone uh, watching, see you soon on another episode of The Boldly Now Show. Yay! The Boldly Now Show, igniting the world of burning desire, big ideas, and bold action. Boldly Now is an initiative of the Generative Futures Initiative, generating a thriving future for humanity. Learn more at generativefuturesinitiative.com.